Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here of The Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for joining us. As you know, we're the show that claims to be the one that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We need your help, though. We need you to take broadcasts like these and share them far and wide because we get no help from big tech's uh, protocol, shall we say. I'm saying it nicely. So we need you to spread the word and share this with liberals, too, so they can see that life is much better on the other side of the street and we'll welcome them with open arms. Lots of love, lots of smiles. So please, do your part in sharing this. We have an interview with our resident economic expert, Robert Kudla, and we've had some great interviews in the past, as uh, evidenced by your comments. But I don't think there's been a time, just because of the circumstances we're in in the election year and all the other things going on, I think this might be the most important interview that Bob and I have done ever and I can't wait to get started, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get started. Bob Kudla of Trade Genius is here to break down all the relevant economic facts tied into the, uh, shall we say, <laughs> what's going on with the election, and see if we can't make some sense out of this so you can navigate your economic future. Bob, welcome to the show. Really glad you could join us. Hey, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, I don't even know where to start because I could pick one of 100 things to choose. So I'm going to let, this time, the guest pick the opening entry point into this interview. Yeah, so what most people have been communicating to me about, you know, in the world in which I live on the trading side is, is um, you know, what's going to happen after the election with the stock market. And, and, and in this case, prologue, you know, uh, predicts the future. And so since Labor Day, uh, the market has stayed relatively, even though it's down from Labor Day, it's staying on relatively, you know, a high plane. We call it consolidation on high. And there's no sell-off. And usually the incumbent is in trouble if the, um, if the stock market starts selling off into the last six weeks before the election. So that goes to Trump's... Um, that goes into Trump's favor. It's been choppy, so you know it's really been a stock traders market versus a market kind of by the market kind of market for the last you know six to eight weeks. However, this chop's going to end after the election, and I think if we're staying up here on the highs, if if Trump wins, we're going to get what we call a sell the news event. You know, basically he's not pumping the stock market every day, kind of a thing. And then it'll come roaring right back as he starts to outline his uh, his vision for the uh, for the next four years. If Biden wins, then I think the market sells off, and it L's. It stays it stays low and flat, and because of the chaos that's going to ensue, because of all the uh, hand fighting that's going to go on, because you know Biden is not his own man, in metaphorically and physically and mentally. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he's sorry. That's, he's gonna no. get moved around. I'm sorry, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't help but react to that because um, you're stating the ubiquitous, but his own man. He's he doesn't even own his own consciousness. <laughs> I mean, this guy is a joke politically, and and look at God love him for mental decline, dementia, and so forth. I don't wish that upon anybody for any reason, but. My gosh, this guy can't even carry on a train of thought. And you know they're pumping him full of drugs before these uh, uh, debates and, and public appearances because after about 20 minutes, you can see the cognitive decline when the medicine begins to wear off. 
Uh, and, and, and I'm someone who has a, a, a background in mental health, and I understand biological psychology really well. And I'm telling you, I see the signs of it, and you could be Ray Charles with some educational training on this, and you could see it. Um, so, yeah, he's not his own man. Um, and, and what do you make of the fact, and let me just digress just for a second. Well, maybe not. <laughs> I'm going to scratch that. We'll hold that topic for another time. I'm sorry, Bob, for having that stream of consciousness. But let's get into the fact that I think Biden's campaign is over. I think the election is over. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, if, if we weren't worried about cheating, is that I would say this is not a campaign run by winners. It's almost like a recognition that uh, we lost this thing. And, and I mean, look, they... They, they can't get anybody they can't get anybody to come to their rallies at all and Trump's pumping 20 thirty thousand and I think I think the Democrats have nobody to blame but themselves I think they tried to use the fear tactic you know to get people to move away from Trump and all it did was expose who they are as people and I think it scared a lot of people to Trump. Now, Biden, if he was cognitively sufficient, maybe let's say he was 10 or 15 years younger, he has a way about him that it can relate to people that he would have made this a tougher race. But now he's just all over the mental map and people are sitting saying he ain't going to make it if he gets elected. And we got Kamala Harris, which is really a scary person. And, and I think what you're seeing now, even the news media are starting to ask little bit, tiny little bits of harder questions. So that's good news for us. So I'm going to assume the positive here uh, that Trump gets in. I'm going to assume that we take control of the Senate, and I'm going to assume we're going to pick up seats in the House. So Trump's Trump's agenda will be relatively intact, and he'll be he'll be having a tailwind behind him. And I think what that means for us that are trying to make money every day in the markets is that we're going to start shifting our focus away from big tech. I think the Qs are in trouble. I think Trump's going to go after them hard. And he has Democratic support on that. They, they, they're, a lot of people don't like the monopoly power. You know, I don't think government likes that private sit, private corporations have more power than they do. And if the Democrats lose power, they're not going to want those people to be in charge. So I think you're going to see a sell-off in the, in the Qs, which is the NASDAQ, um, you know, 100 stocks. And then you're going to see a shift over into what we call the commodity stocks, steel, copper, gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and uranium. That's our play on this. And then there's going to be some selected, you know, and I don't take a moral judgment on the vaccines. I'm just reporting the stock market news here mm -hmm. is that if you don't want to trade them, you don't have to trade them. But you're going to see a lot of, I think, a lot of innovation happening in the therapeutics, not necessarily the vaccination area. But in therapeutics, I think they've learned a whole lot, even though they're not sharing a whole lot, in around how they can manipulate the body into, into responses without shoving dead viruses into people. And, and you're seeing it now. Hydroxychloroquine was the first thing. There's a thing called Corsertin is another thing. There's a third one out there. I can't even pronounce it. They've, they've discovered that works. And these things are, are over-the-counter drugs that are showing that you can lift you can lift the body's immune systems. I think you're going to see a whole lot of activity there. So there's going to be money to be made in some of those areas. And 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 then from there, we're just going to have to wait and see. GDP report's probably going to be good coming out on election day. 
and uh, and you know these lockdowns are over. <clears throat> if Trump gets in, the lockdowns are over because he's just simply not going to fund their foolishness, and they're going to be forced to go back. And you know Trump may throw carrots at them. Hey, you end your lockdowns, I'll throw you some money, kind of a thing. I agree. And, and I think that's where it's going to go. Now, in two or three weeks, when you t I talk again, and it's not Trump, then it's going to be a, a whole different conversation. And and um, and then that's way we're going to have. Uh, uh, then people just need to go to ground. So, but I'm going to assume I'm going to assume Trump wins, keep the Senate a little bit better in the House. Then Nancy Pelosi's dead. If they get within five or six um, uh, of taking over the House, I think there's going to be enough renegade Democrats that are going to kick kick her to the curb too. Well, she has damaged. I, I've heard this a lot of Democratic races where people are distancing themselves from her because Americans are beginning to see her for what she is. She's unhinged and radical. And uh, I, I think the Democrats will expel her with the help of the Republicans. Yeah, and she's losing her mind too. So, um, I mean, I, I mean that in all seriousness. I mean, uh, I mean, just bizarre. Good morning. Bizarre, it's uh, Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you caught that or not, but it's just, I couldn't believe I was watching this. I played that back. I go, come on, there's got to be something in between her introduction and her response <laughs> just it's it's comical what's what's going on oh boy hang on here we've got uh, you know i gotta tell you bob you start to look at things and say they're coincidence or not and and i have had almost every program tv or radio interfered with like you're hearing right now yeah pretty wild Hey, we'll we'll talk over it. But um, the other thing too, which I find really fascinating, I think the uh, the old playbook on the Democrat side is probably over too. Is is that they they you know they played the against the woman, against the black, against the Hispanic for the Republican side, and Trump has shown a roadmap of how you connect with people on a deeper level, and and I think uh, with demographics changing. And that I think, you know, the Hispanic community <clears throat> wants the same thing as the white community does. You know, family, home, job, ownership, conservative. And he's picking up a lot of that support. And the African-American community, I think, has finally woken up. It got woke in the way in which they <laughs> probably the Democrats didn't want saying, hey, look, we've been fed a lie for 50 years and they're not doing anything for us. So I think. I think the strategic shift that the Democrats have been counting on for demographics, I think is blowing up in their face. And so, you know, again, it all hinges on what happens here. But uh, I think this is the last election you're going to be able to play the race card because we're going to be we're going to be pluralistic going forward. You know, mm -hmm. the Hispanic community mm -hmm. will be about 30 percent of the population. You know, the, the whites are going to be about about, you know, 45 percent of the population. And then the. Um, the blacks are still at 15 percent so you know we're gonna we're gonna see a big demographic shift here that is not going to align the way the democrats want it to align i know around here we have a lot more um hispanic ownership of in retail and i talk to these guys all the time and i'm asking them what do they think about this what do they think about that and not mentioning trump just mentioning life and they're like you know we don't riot we have to work every day yeah really we exactly taxes we don't want this we don't want that we don't want to flood of people in our neighborhoods because that brings our prices down. It brings our wages down. <clears throat> so I think they're misreading it. So 
I'm actually pretty bullish. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of economic issues. You know, I think the debt's not a problem for the next year or two, but it's going to be once we start stagflating. And Dave, I'm going to tell you, I want next time we talk to not have to talk politics for a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah, because we, we bring you on as the economic expert. I want you to listen to a broadcast I did uh, last night. New poll, Trump black uh, voter approval nearly doubles in just three days. That's amazing. Just what you're saying right here. And then, and then Hispanics, that's been climbing steadily uh, over the past several months. And, and you know, fundamentally, we're all the same. We, we, we want to be left alone. We want our government to protect us and create a level playing field. That's all we ask for. And, and I don't care what race you are, what religion or none. This is what people fundamentally want. And they're tired of radical rioters coming in to their neighborhoods, disrupting things. They're tired of the fake promises that have been made to them through the years by certain Democrats. And, and now they're saying, we have a man with a proven track record in Donald Trump. Yeah, and hopefully he's a roadmap. You know, it's, it's really interesting is that, and, you know, and I tease about the politics that it's, we've so intertwined everything right now that you have to talk about one to the other. But I think you've seen a strategic shift that the Democrats went from being with the working man to being with this elite socialist fascist movement. Yeah. And the Republican Party went from being the elite establishment to the nationalist uh, working man's party. So it's like it's like, you know, in, in, in basically in 20 years, that shift has has occurred. And uh, and, you know. My hope is that Trump's going to be able to groom the next person. I, I would personally would love to see a guy like DeSantis out of Florida. Um, you know, he checks off all the right boxes and he's strong like Trump and he talks like Trump in terms of of um, aggressive. You know, he doesn't accept narratives. He's outside the Beltway. Yeah. And and uh, and you know, he's also I think DeSantis. I think he's Hispanic. So uh, uh, I think that would be a that would be a way forward for the. The Republicans, and you know, from an economic standpoint, the, Trump is representing basically the end of the what they call the flat Earth movement. In, in from economics, the flat Earth movement was that uh, supply chains are all over the world, and and the most efficient nations are the producers. Going back to basically fortress, the fortress nation approach, where you 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 capture as much of your supply chain on your own shores as possible because you can't trust other people's currencies anymore. And and I think that's the direction we're going to go. And I was telling somebody the other day um, that the United States is the most well-positioned for that environment because we had the most supply chain overseas as percentage of GDP than anybody else. And and we could feed ourselves and we can energize ourselves. And, you know, if you throw Mexico and Canada in there, then it basically it's fortress North America. And, and and basically we can produce everything we need within the northern hemisphere of the of the of the western hemisphere. So it's going to be um, it could be really interesting. I think Europe's in big big trouble. Uh, I think China's in big big trouble. They can't feed their people, and I think the internal dissent is going to probably uh, uh, wipe them out. Well, I think not, not next year. But I mean, I, I think I think they're on a. You know, they're one famine away from uh, big trouble. Well, I think not just one famine, one flood, one famine, uh, one uh, confrontation militarily that they're going to lose. 
Uh, I, I just wonder, looking ahead, um, if China isn't going to break apart into smaller republics. Uh, because I believe Xi doesn't really want war. He talks the game, but he fired some of his top military generals. And then you got the extreme faction of China that wants war at all costs, led by Wei Fang, their defense minister. And I'm looking at all these divergent forces. And, and do, do you think that maybe China will have to um, self-divide in order that some will survive? Well, you know, there's there's uh, my understanding of the, the Chinese demographic, because they're all Han, Han people, H-A-N, is that there's a northern faction and a southern faction that that are kind of at odds with each other. So I, there might be a break between what they call the corn belt and the wheat, or the rice belt and the wheat belt of China, which is basically northern China, southern China. And if that starts to disintegrate, then you got western China and you got Mongolia and you got Tibet up there that are, are also going to be, uh, you know, suing for <clears throat> more autonomy. So, yeah, I, I think it's possible. I think the I think the northern Chinese are at great risk, you know, um, and I think the southern Chinese have more of the, the power. But Xi's power base is up north in Beijing. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's really fascinating. I um I think you're going to see if there's a food issue, you're going to see you're going to see legislation here that we're not going to allow, especially if Trump's in, he's not going to allow all our food to run over to China, you know, without extracting great cost, you know, to the to the Chinese regime, and um, and I think that's going to be the uh, the the end of them. I think they'll implode. And you're right, I just don't know all the factions, but definitely there's a north south political split now that they're kind of having an internal uh, you know, dissension. You know, when Xi came into power, he took out one of the big guys in the South and arrested them. And I, I don't think that was ever forgiven. Now that Xi is being weakened, I think it's going to be a problem. I do too. And they have another problem as well too. As these northern provinces like Mongolia and so forth, they're going to pivot towards uh, Russia. Um, and, and you know Putin's going to exploit that. And then there's another one where the Indians, the Indian government, has strongly fortified their border. And some people say they're uh, militarily superior to China in many ways. And so they're held in check that way. So, I mean, you not only have the internal pressure that's going to negate China, you also have some external pressures being formed. And I'm wondering how that will impact Chinese aggressiveness. Do you have any thought on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how aggressive they can be. They they don't control their supply lines, and so you know when they face east, they face Japan, you know, and and the United States. When they face west, you know, they're they're facing basically Russia and the Islamic nations. When they look south, they're facing Australia and India. So they they blew it. I think they could have been they could have done it a different way. They got too aggressive. But, you know, speaking of India, you know, my view has always been, and we probably talked about this before, is that we, we call it the, the, it's going to be the five eyes nation plus, you know, India, Japan, and uh, Korea and Israel. That's going to be the, uh, the, the, basically the block going forward. The five eyes are the five English speaking, English speaking nations, the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and England. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and then you have India, which is also a former Commonwealth nation. You know, you have Israel, which um, is a close friend of the United States, and then Korea and, and um, South Korea and 
and Japan are, are natural allies of ours, that's going to be locked and loaded. And then, you know, you got Brazil down there that's sympathetic to us. So, you know, I think that's what it's going to be. And who's going to be left hanging out? Europe and China. And you notice the Middle East, it's very strategic, is that basically uh, the Sunni nations have made a decision that, um, you know, we need to survive post-oil and we're going to need to go high-tech. And we never really hated Israel. We just we just did that. And But we really fear the, the Shias, which are in Iran and I think in Qatar and in some parts of eastern Saudi Arabia. So now that's been taken out of the equation. That frees the United States to move more assets into the Pacific. You know, there's really, Russia's no risk to us at all. And, and But if we can move our 80% of our fleet into the Pacific or into the Indian Ocean, you know, um, China has no hope of, of ever challenging us in the next 30 to 50 years. That's Yeah, that's the way I'm beginning to see it too. But you're also saying that from a rational perspective, Bob. I want to remind you of that. And I've seen a lot of irrationality come out of China, self-destructive irrationality. So I don't think that we can uh, totally preclude that X factor, but I think common sense-wise, you're right. There's another element that supports what you're saying. I've seen, and I've written about it, what they call the Kansic nations, and you just mentioned them, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the UK. And I saw China trying to impose their Belt and Road Initiative, especially in Australia. And then here we're having a military exercise next year and Australia has thumbed their nose at China and they're going to participate with the United States and the Chinese are going crazy. I read an article in the South China Post and they were really criticizing Australia and their disloyalty. So they're they're not making the inroads I think that they thought they were going to make in our closest allies. No, they they tried to buy people off. I mean, look at they're buying off people here in the United States. That's being exposed. It was exposed in Australia a couple of years ago and the reaction has been really negative over there. You know, and, and, you know, there's no love lost with any of those nations, you know, you know, Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, even though they have ethnic Chinese populations, there's no love for China there. They don't like the, uh, they don't like being bullied. You know, the United States does its bullying a little bit more sophisticated, yeah, exactly. you know. They bribe you. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, we throw carrots out with the stick. Exactly. You know, and, and here the, the Chinese just try to buy off the leaders like they did in Pakistan. And I, I think that's wearing thin. Um, I, I totally agree. And this is where Trump, again, lives up to the man who's the master of the art of the deal. He's negating the Middle East, swinging towards China uh, by what he's doing with the trade agreements uh, and, and positioning them with high tech. And uh, he's kind of hanging Europe out to dry because the Europeans are being stubborn. They're trying to play both ends against the middle. And Trump is saying, you ain't going to do that. And then he's got China surrounded. So, I mean, what he's done, this is where he doesn't give himself enough credit. On his campaign tour, I think he should be talking about these things, and people go, oh, my gosh, you're brilliant. But he takes people like us, I think, to see it. The uh, thing I'd like to do, though, is kind of go from the macro now to the micro. And and so let me ask you a short-term question and then a long-term investment question. If you were telling people now, between now and the election, okay, before November 3rd, what would you say to them about how they should be investing in the next six days? Well, I would, you know, if that was the the question to me, is that I I would be reducing my exposure significantly to any any of the high tech companies, 
you know, in the, in the NASDAQ 100, because I think regardless of who wins the election, I think they're in trouble. They're overvalued, and they're going to get a lot of political scrutiny uh, to them. And then number two is I would just, I would lighten up a little bit like everybody else is doing as a just in case. And then because we're traders, I can day trade, but most people are, aren't day traders. So they, um, they, they just need to have some cash on the sidelines and so they get pushed the chips back in mm -hmm. once we get a feel for the uh, what sectors are going to be uh, lit up with the new the new administration so am I kind of hearing a hint towards precious metals and Bitcoin yeah I mean that's yeah so precious metals after the election it's going to come with the balance sheet so I just told people be patient as soon as they start lifting the balance sheet again you know Fred has been begging begging Congress to pass this stimulus so they can buy these bonds up and uh, pump more uh, pump more dollars into the economy. But when that happens, silver and gold are going to just rocket. Bitcoin's already moving because I think it's a it's more of that fear trade. And we're starting to hear a lot of noise around these digital currencies, and people are starting to move assets out of the banking system as a just in case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, this, that's kind of the way I'm seeing it too, but. Let me ask you this. If someone, let's say they hear this message um, uh, on uh, Thursday or Friday, let's say Thursday, what would you tell them that they could do in 24-hour time frame turnaround? Well, I mean, you know, 24-hour turnaround, you're, 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 looking at, you're looking at day trading, you know, or short swing trading. Yes. And we, we have a system that basically, I mean, literally is buy and sell. I sent you a chart just to show you how straightforward it is is that you know you can look for selective opportunities you know there's earnings this week so it's kind of it kind of clouds things on top of the politics right but i just sent you a chart of uh ironically it's a chinese company uh that trades in the u.s for a long time it's a chinese netflix and uh, you know we've done four trades on that in the last uh six weeks and literally we buy when you buy sell when you sell and today it it hit our target <clears throat> so people made another 3% on it in a couple days. And if you make 3% a week, you're making 150% a year. So if you can consistently make two or 3% in the market, you know, you're gonna do quite well, even if you're only half invested. And so that's that's what we tell people. If somebody put a gun to my head and said, what are we gonna buy? I would look at the last half hour of the day, see what's, see what's trending up, that tends to gap up the next day and, uh, and take those trades. And, and, and that's how I play the 24-hour, 48-hour kind of trading. We're normally in our trades, you know, at Trade Genius, uh, uh, average of three days. So, Yeah, that's, that's about as practical of an answer as I've received. I've asked a lot of people that question. Who do you think the majority of traders, investors, uh, Wall Street people, who do you think they're hoping will win the election and why? Um, I think a lot of people are that don't want to be canceled out are saying we hope Biden wins, but behind the scenes, the way they're the way they're positioning their money is they're 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 betting Trump will win. Okay, so when you say canceled out, we're talking about cancel culture. Am I right? Yeah, and you know we're all living it. So you mm -hmm. know, so everybody's just gonna lie, you know, and, and you know, and for the algorithm that's listening in our conversations here, is that people will lie to you algorithm so that they don't get canceled and uh, and but they but then they'll, they'll, they'll 
operate in their own best interest. Look, my best friend's wife came from Romania. She says, you know, the first first 5% of the people get killed. The next 5% of the people go to jail. The rest of the people learn how to talk in code. And, uh, and you know, because they'll never, ever tell you their true feelings. I think that I think that's what happened here. Big tech is forcing people into code now, and you can't get real answers anymore. Yeah, <clears throat> I think I think you're exactly right, and we are seeing evidence of code and, and subterfuge. I'll give you an example. A lot of people will write me an email, and I only know what the email says, so I don't have any way to verify the anecdotal communications. But I think there's a trend I see, and that, for example, they'll come from uh, emails that come from, say, someone who's black. And they're usually a small business owner. And they'll say to me, you know, I'm not saying anything publicly because I'll take too much heat. But I'm voting for Trump because I want to be able to make a living. And I'm seeing that a lot in my communications. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I mean, there's um, there's there's precedence for this. I mean, look, you know, you know, you never know the Christians of the day. They use the fish. Right. So, I mean, you know, when you have a totalitarian environment, people just they just learn to work around it. And, and I think, uh, I think that, and then you get to a point where people just get mad. And so I think we're now at the place where like, okay, this was, this was nice. We've, we've been playing ball, but obviously you're not. And so you, you're, you're going to see that. Look, I lie to pollsters all the time. If they kept me, I just don't tell them the truth. I have no obligation. I'm a Christian. I have no obligation to tell those people the truth, you know? So, uh, <clears throat> that, so you, um, I don't want them to have good information on me. I don't want somebody to come to my house and knock on my door, you know, kind of a thing, because they have all your information about who you are, okay? And that's what there are threatening people in Kansas, too. So I think a lot of that <clears throat> is that you're never going to get truth anymore out in the, uh, out in the, um, in the open. So you're just going to have to watch what people do, you know? And, and, you know, the thing I always tell my family is, is that things don't matter to people until they matter to people. And I think that's why you're seeing everybody breaking towards Trump at the end here. People are out, people are gonna bet their, their best interest. They may not like how he talks, they may not like Tyke's style, but they sure like what he does. Mm -hmm. You know, and Maslow tells us we wanna be safe above all else. So, uh, and I think uh, you're gonna see, when they always talk about suburban white women are gonna go for Biden, I'm like, why? Exactly. They're going to send, well, send their stormtroopers into your, no, into your I know. streets. I know. I, I, I hear you exactly. Okay, so let's, let's talk to people practically uh, right now. They're saying, okay, I have some assets to protect, which means I don't know that I can trust the banks entirely. I think the dollar's in trouble because we're over-leveraged with debt by far. So what should I be doing? And, and, and so speak to those people and tell them what you're doing for the people who... Uh, learn from you and do as you do. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, at Trade Genius, you know, we trade the stock market, we trade the futures markets, and we trade the crypto markets. And so you want to have some of your assets in the, uh, in, the, in the crypto space. We particularly obviously love Bitcoin. That gets you out of the banking system. And then you want to, if you're operating within the system, you know, you should have some physical gold and silver, especially silver. It's extremely undervalued. And then within that, I love miners because they're leveraged four to eight to one on the price movement of the underlying uh, price. So if silver goes up 10%, these miners are going to go up between 40 and 
And we've already seen a couple rounds. We're kind of like in the fourth inning of this of this move higher. And then in addition to that is that uh, you want to take advantage of a, a, what I would call a weakening dollar against commodities. Because the dollar may be strong compared to other currencies, but you watch how it reacts to the commodities. And you're already starting to see it in the food area. So you want to have... You want to own stocks that are going to are going to protect you against the what I call necessity inflation. So you want to own like companies like Kroger or Hormel that will protect you on the food side, and then you want to own industrial metals and and um, precious metals to protect you on the currency side. So that's what we're telling people to do at Trade Genius. We do extremely well, and uh, and how we help people, Dave, is that we have a chat room. We have the uh, what we call the profit ribbon fulcrum system that allows you to see buy and sell. That's on a chart that you can pick your own stocks out that you want to trade. It literally says buy and sell green or red. And then we have um, the uh, signals that we send out, a couple of them every day, just to help people. So we teach you how to fish. We give you fishing equipment and we throw you some fish. And then we put together some really good specials for your listeners for. Uh, uh, October 31st and uh, be able to uh, or Saturday I think whatever day that is yeah I guess the 31st yeah 31st and uh, and then we 65% off we have seven bundles we created a seventh bundle for people like the day trade we're doing extremely well in, in teaching people how to day trade and we're giving them what's called the traders toolkit and then there's there's other ones about trading uh, cryptos and stock and trading and things like that nature if you want to pick and choose, you just can use Halloween as a special and you get 40% off what's in the store, but the bundles are already pre-discounted. TradeLegatGenius.com. Yeah, so the, let me just make sure we have this because I know, I know a lot of people right now are saying, I got assets to protect and we're in big trouble economically, so I need to squeeze into these tight corridors and make some money. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so we're looking at um, the bundled items which are basically day trader features embedded 65% off. If you want the non-bundled items that tell you about uh, precious metals and so forth, then you're going to get 40% off and your coupon code with an expiration date of this Saturday, October 31st, will be Halloween. Did I, did I get that right? Uh, yeah, you, that's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I passed the class. <laughs> All right. um, th this is such a good deal. And you know, I I'll tell you, Bob, what I've really learned from you and also a little bit from history with the, the, the depression we went through in the 1930s, people made millions on down times. You just have to know what you're doing. Yeah, there's always a bull market somewhere. In, and um, you just have to be able to uh, see it coming. And the market tells you, you know, it, nobody should ever be surprised. The market literally tells you what it wants to do. It's just that people have uh, um, suspended belief systems. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's a really good way to put it. I think that describes some of our Democratic friends for practicality, but that's another story for another time. Bob, this has been really informative. I mean, uh, I, I, I felt like I take I took a soothing pill today. I feel a lot better after talking to you because it's confirming some of the things that I hoped were trending. But in my uh, unprofessional analysis, I wasn't sure. So I want to thank you for helping me sleep better tonight. But more importantly, I think these are great opportunities for the people. And uh, we'll post those opportunities as well on our website. 
either tonight or first thing in the morning. So, Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Good stuff, as always. I look forward to our next conversation. Great, Dave. Thanks for having me. Okay, take care, Bob. To everybody else, stay tuned. We'll be back with more.